Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier today with Ron Little. He's the CEO of Wolfton Resources, a TSXV listed polymetallic explorer with assets in Maine. And if you want our thoughts and opinions on that conversation today and the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. You can also find detailed company reports and analysis on there. There are training courses to help you with your diligence process. There are summaries of other interviews that we've done, plus commentary from experts from around the world and a variety of companies and commodities. And of course, you can join our thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe, friendly environment. That's at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Go and join them. I think you'll enjoy it. Ron, how are you doing, sir? Very good, Matt. Yourself? Not too bad. Uh, good morning to you, I should say. It's uh, early early morning there with you, isn't it? No, not too early. Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Been up for a while. Been up for a while. Yeah, good yeah. lad. Good lad. So we, we caught up uh, back in October, heard the story then, went through the business plan, strategy, the team. Learned a lot, um, but you've done a lot since then. And we're going to hear about it yeah. in a second. So, so why don't you? Why don't you give us that one minute overview first of all uh, of the story, and then I'll pick it up from there. Sure. Okay. Well, um, in the fall when we chatted, we were drilling. Uh, we were successful at really discovering what we think are the makings of let's call it two new lenses. We're we're certainly targeting you know more tonnage. Um, as of late, we're waiting for those results to come in. So stay tuned over the next few weeks, those results should be trickling in. So, uh, and of course this included massive sulfide and a stringer zone. So could add a lot of tonnage. Um, we also picked up a, a silver project and this is in Maine. We've been very secretive about where it is because we're still consolidating ground. You, you know, in Maine, you don't stake claims, you have to get mineral rights. So. We're, we're acquiring more land because it's got a big footprint. Um, you know, we've, we've literally got boxes of old data and this thing looks like one and a half kilometers in diameter and it's a breccia pipe. And I'm not sure if you know the company called El Oro, but this is potentially another, you know, large scale silver rich breccia pipe. And we're of course looking for the higher grade core that we could, you know, mine underground with bulk tonnage. So, that sort of segued into getting more support from Altius and Kinross with a $2 million at the market financing without a warrant uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So a lot of a lot of good things have happened in a few short months. A lot's happened. Good, good, good summary. Um, so let's just kind of dig into that. Again, so there'll be a few people on here who have not heard your story before. So um, you've got your Mount, uh, Pickett, Pickett Mountain project. Uh, you're hunting uh, zinc um, and lead primarily and you talked you came, gave reference there to a couple of lenses that you thought you already had and you're, you're on the hunt for more lenses is that still the case yes yeah i mean we've we've kind of led the market to think another lens is kind of critical to the story which first it's not you know we put out a pea and we're actually pre-permitting this project because it, it does have a 10-year mine life already um, you know, for the gold investors, this is like a million ounces plus at 10 grams per ton. This is a high grade, small footprint underground mine with all of this potential to add more tonnage. So the focus is to show that it's bigger while we're also showing Maine is open for business. We're the first guys back in literally in, in 30 years, really exploring in an aggressive way. And there's no doubt 
there's a lot of corporate interest in what we're doing, but the question mark is Maine going to give us a permit? Right, and I'll, we'll come on to that. I promise. I just wanted to, I want to talk about the project proper. Okay, so you, we've previously, previously talked about having you know you've got two lenses. It's a mine. It's a ten you know ten, I say ten year life of mine. High, high grade equivalent, if you were talking in gold terms. Um, you were talking to me the language of, oh, we're going to find another lens, possibly another two. You gave a clue there. So it's like, it's like change of the way that you want to talk about it or the way that you view it. This is about bulk tonnage. Bulk tonnage and, and grade. So we've been most, all of the historical drilling was from one side of this vertical plane, let's call it, to keep it simple. We basically stepped on the other side and we're drilling the other direction. And that that's what we call the footwall because it used to be underneath the, the, the volcanic lens that we have discovered already. So drilling up through that pile, we're finding all kinds of sulfides, all kind of endowment. And we've hit a, a stringer zone, which is wide, up to 30 meters. And then we've hit this high grade massive sulfide lens that's we, we do have a, a good idea that this thing is like, you know, almost a kilometer in each direction, but we, we think there's going to be a higher grade shoot within that, that could be, you know, already it's showing 30 to 50% zinc equivalent. So keep in mind, it's not just lead zinc, you know, we've got a, a really good copper and, and precious metal component, which is at least 30% of the ore makeup. Right. Okay. So, well, well, talk to me about your understanding of things now, because obviously you've done a bit of drilling since we last spoke, and you've still—I know you've got like everyone assay problems in terms of the speed of turnaround. But what more do you understand now compared to the beginning of October when we last spoke? We think the immediate upside near the deposit is in what we just called the footwall. So we're moving north in a, in, a, in an ore body that's running east-west. We're on the north side, looking, you know at what's back there. And the, you know, you could go, we know a half a kilometer away, we've hit mineralization. So literally there could be several lenses stacked up in that footwall area. And that's where we are gonna focus this year. Focus, you've raised 2 million bucks in December. I get you mentioned Altius have come back in, which is great, Kinross yeah. too. Um, so that's good for the money. It's also quite good because it shows that you've got a couple of big backers to what is, you know, you're still a $40 million company. Share price up 50 cents from when we spoke, so that's all good news. But you kind of need that support when it comes to this kind of rezoning and, you know, making uh, people accept that perhaps Maine is open for business or helping Maine tell the story that they are open for business when it comes to mining. Yeah, no, I'd say the number one concern for every producer is, you know, am I wasting my time on exploration because I'll never get a mining permit? And there's only, you know, you're down to a few like a Kinross who have permitted mines in places like Washington, who went through a lot of hoops, but they got their permit. And, you know, right away they said to us, look, we're not as concerned about the permitting at all. We love the margins that Pickett Mountain presents but we need size. So if this doubles or triples in size, this would be a mine in our backyard. So naturally we would like to build it. So that's, that's why a company like us tries to make it bigger is effectively, you know, it helps, it helps to be in play as it were to raise money at a higher price. You know, you have to have a team like we do to build a mine, but you still need that takeover premium. And, and that, 
that can be greatly improved once we get through the rezoning application. Well, yeah, absolutely, because I think it's going to make it difficult for people to look at you as a company which is ever going to get into production. You know, why would you go and invest in that? I mean, Kinross are confident, but it's not a lot of money for them. It's not a lot of money for Altius either. So it's it's a it's a sort of tip of the hat more than anything else. But do you think that is going to be enough to help you in your conversations locally? Yes. So, you know, you kind of cued me on local. We have tremendous support around the project because we're in remote northern Maine. Most people are in the timber business. It's it's a difficult, uh, unpredictable lifestyle at the moment and more jobs is critical. So we've got, you know, huge support locally for this. The only activism towards the project would be down in the city against people who I think no matter what will be anti-mining. But, you know, the project stands out to tick all the boxes because it's small footprint, underground, dry stack tailings, water plant. You know, this is going to be a, a showcase little modern mine. It just doesn't get any greener. So we're going to rank very high on the ESG side. And that, of course, is a great thing for a company like Kinross too, right? Yeah, it, so, it all helps. But when you say it's, it's going to be showcased because it, it's green, yeah. I mean, yep. in what, what in, in what way? Why is yours any greener than other people talking the same language? Sure. So number one, especially in Maine, is water. You know, are you going to take away too much water and do you put back any contamination? So we're basically recirculating all the plant water. If there's any excess water, which is typically, you know, highly diluted by precipitation, it goes through a water filtration plant. So it's basically, you know, a big version of what you would have in a plant or a home, a membrane and an RO unit. And now the water out of the pipe is the same quality as the groundwater. It sits in a pond until it's tested and ready to go. And then it fil filters into the ground through diffusers, which is like a big septic bed. So it's not coming out of the pipe into a creek. It goes back into gravel. So we can say it's zero discharge and we use less than 1% of the water that's in the basin that we're, that we, you know, the mine is located. And in addition, we have dry stack tails, rubber liner, you know, there's no acid generation, nothing's leaking out into the environment. It's all captured and, you know, goes back through this system. Okay, so, so talk, talk to me about um, the speed at which this is moving. Okay, you've been spending small amounts of money over the past, you've been there, what, three and a half years now? You know, small amounts of money each year, just going to move the thing along. Are you restricted by this rezoning component yourselves? There's no point. Can you, could you raise the money if you wanted to? Yeah, it's really a self-imposed restriction. Like we're, we're, we're not trying to overdo it until we've got an indication that we're through the rezoning. And that the rezoning is, is a, like a mini mining permit. We, 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 we submitted a study uh, and most importantly, there's a public meeting. There's, you know, we're gonna face any criticism from the public. We already are on a website and we're responding. And, and we do that again with the Environmental De Protection Department two years from now, once we have the full feasibility in the baseline. So we're gonna get a snapshot right now of what's the opposition. And if we get approval based on the conceptual designs, we know the science is there. So now we're very confident we'll get through phase two of the mine permit. 
if we get through the zoning. What's the timing on that? So we hope to see that public meeting late spring, early summer. Uh, you know, we've basically, we're down to the nitty gritty on responding to a few more technical questions. And then they will call a public meeting. Then once we have the meeting, they'll debate, you know, whether our arguments are, you know, outweigh the arguments of any, any uh, intervention. And then the committee would decide whether they approve the project. With that green light, we'll be more aggressive on exploration, on the full feasibility, on the baseline study. So it's still another two years after that to complete the full feasibility and get through the, the mine permit application. But you know that the DEP, that environmental group, is already helping the land use department on all the technical issues now. So they're 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 you know not pre-approving, but they're pre-vetting our science so that when we go to the next level, they, you know, they know the design. Right. Okay. So you raised this money in December. You're obviously, you're going to be spending and applying some of that money to um, Pickett Mountain. You've also, as mm-hmm. you just mentioned, and very topically, found yourself a potential silver asset. Yeah. You've been quite sick Yeah, we saw, we saw the silver market coming a long time ago, <laughs> uh, to be honest. You know, the assays are taking so long, you know, like three months, really. We thought um, we were aware of this project in Maine and counter to our argument about spending too much money before we get the rezoning. Uh, this, this silver footprint was so attractive. Like it's been looked at in the past, we think, as a VMS, when in reality, it's this big hydrothermal brechet pipe. And that what that means is there's silver and potentially gold in the system. And, uh, you know, it stands out as, as a footprint that could be one of the largest silver deposits in North America. But most importantly, there was, there was drill values of 10 to 50 meters of multi-ounce silver, and that's a bulk tonnage target. So we're looking for something that we can go underground on. Maybe in 20 years when Mining is, is, is a new thing in Maine and accepted. They may go back and approve open pit mining. So this, this is a great long-term asset for any, any company. And I, we think there's enough high grades in it that we can certainly find something very attractive in the next year. But what do you know now? Because you haven't spent a lot of money on it. You're being a little bit cautious because you've got to pick up, um, well, you've got to consolidate land packages, right? So. Exactly. What, what can, how much more can you tell us about what you know? We know there's a, um, you know, there's a belt that's untapped. We find there's a, 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 an association of why the deposit is sitting where it is. And there is great potential along that belt to find more of these things. Because back to the comment of looking for BMS, which is generally a, a one-time horizon, uh, you know, these, these hydrothermal vents can blow up anywhere, but typically there's got to be a big structure. So we think not that big, that big regional scale hasn't been well vetted. So there's good potential for more in the area. And we just want to at least consolidate the piece we have and then start to branch out if our early results are, are positive. Right. So again, coming back to the money, because it's, it's all quite tight, right? You could be really clear about how you create value with the cash that you've got available to you. You've got a bird in the hand. You've got Pickett yep. Mountain. 
I say it's 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 already, as far as you're concerned, a, a mine in the making. You're just looking to prove our scale on that. So you're gonna have to spend some money on it. The with the silver project, because it is highly top, especially in the last couple of weeks. We, we've got the Robin Hooders around town, so you know they're they're um, going to probably be doing things to silver prices, which are perhaps unwarranted in places. But how much money, time, and effort are you going to be allocating to that? Uh, and you know, where does that get you at the end of this year? Well, I think you know we've got just under three million now. We've got more than enough to you know show that that Pickett Mountain these results that are coming add a lot of upside and we can get the drill back in there as early as late February because the roads are still accessible. We can drill year round at Pickett. Uh, we're literally going through boxes of data on big silver because there wasn't a, a complete digital database. So we won't be in a position to drill there until the spring. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, we'll be able to present the data and, and you know, we think the data is going to add some incremental value in the short term. We're also looking at drilling uh, a high-grade nickel-copper project in Manitoba that everybody's forgotten that we have, and nickel price has gone way up. So this is a project a major was interested in optioning two years ago when nickel was at $8 then. So if we drill that and hit an extension of the keel of the feeder, then this could be, you know, really big news for us. So, and, and it's not a core asset. You know, this is something we could spin or sell and and basically fund all of our work in Maine. So there's a lot of opportunity with showing that that nickel asset has got some big upside. Yeah, it, it, there's there's a lot of uh, spinning plates at the moment. And I'm just, exactly. I'm just doing this like, where are you going to fit? So, so Pickett Mountain is number one by some distance, but you've got silver and nickel optionality. And it's a question of how you come at that. Yeah. And yeah. If I had to sum it up in a couple of lines, you know, when you have a picket mountain, it, it is it is the solid keel. Like it's it's a mine that's going to get built as long as Maine's open, right? And we're getting a quarter of the value we should be just for that. But we've got all this exploration upside at Pickett still. We've even got regional targets that you and I haven't talked about here. There's two new targets that are 10 kilometers away that could be another Pickett Mountain deposit. So we hope to drill those this year. And of course, Kinross Altius are keen to see us step out. And then we've got the big silver upside and the nickel upside. So this is still very much uh, an aggressive exploration story with a mine in the back pocket, right? And there's not many, I don't think, juniors that have that whole team and all these spinning exploration plates with the ability to, you know, make sure that we don't run out of money, but we finance at the right time along the way. Okay, exactly what I want to talk about, because you use the word, you know, aggressive, but it feels quite cautious at the same time, because you're a certain market cap. I know your share price seen a bump recently. You want to raise the right price to stop dilution. Aggressive to me would be going and get a stack of money and seeing what you've got, but you can't come at it like that. Well, Altius won't let you. Ken Ross won't let you. I mean, how? What are the conversations at board level? I mean, how do you, how do you how do you say? Here's how we finance this thing going forward. We've got a whole bunch of, I think, really, so not me, you think, really good assets, and you've got to take advantage of this environment that you know people are coming back into investing in mining at the moment. It's exciting times. But how do you do it? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, it's a balance of of your news flow and where the market is. I mean, if I had to, you know, equate it to dollar terms, I think, you know, Picket Mountain should be 50, 60 cents a share, right? Then Big Silver would be another 30 cents a share of upside. The nickel is another 30 cents of upside, right? So here we are sitting at 30 cents on its own when we should be a buck 40. And it's like, okay, we just did 32 cents a share with Kinross. Maybe when we get to 50 or higher, okay, now we can be a little more aggressive on the raise. But, you know, if I didn't think we had all this news coming and all this upside, sure, we could have pulled the trigger and 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 brought in more of the retail space with Kinross and Altius. But, um, you know, <laughs> we're just on the cusp of a lot of news flow over the next three, four months. Okay, in terms of uh, assays coming back and also potentially rezoning. Yes, and, you know, the big silver data, right? Yeah. Keep in mind, we've really just said we got big silver. We haven't really shown much of a presentation. Our website shows the airborne magnetics and where the drill holes are, but it doesn't show you where we are in the state. But, you know, it clearly shows you we're on this mag high beside a structural break. And when you see that as a geologist, you think, okay, there's a real good reason why that's there. Okay. The plumbing is there. Okay. So, so interesting few months ahead at that. And when once you've kind of got those three things delivered, you think you would hope people appreciate it. Your share price uh, yeah. demonstrates that. And that might be the time to actually get aggressive. Yeah. Well, in addition, base metals are really on a trend up, right? And, and as you even sort of, uh, you know, plugged us at the beginning, you threw us in the zinc lead box, you know, because that's what most people do. And so all last year when the gold stocks were running, we saw very little love because people threw us in the zinc box and didn't care about zinc, right? But we're more than just zinc, right? We've got this high-grade nickel copper. We've got a lot of silver in both Picket Mountain and the big silver project. You know, this is a true polymetallic story. In fact, we're rebranding more like we are, a, you know, a metals for for the EV market and for powering the grid. The only battery metal we don't have is lithium, really. So, you know, if you look at our website, our new brand is, you know, it's all about this is a, you know, a, a supplier for the power companies. So and it's it's in the U.S. It's on the highway. It's accessible. Right. And it's and it's a showcase operation. So there's a lot here that we have not been marketing. And I think we're just heading into a great market for our space. And this is why we're talking to you. You've already brought the stock up, you know, 100 percent since we talked last. And uh, let's do it again this week. <laughs> OK, let's do that. Uh, we seem to be doing that a lot recently. Um, that's fantastic. I, I like the idea of you now as a poly, positioning yourself as a polymetallic company. I yeah. think it's more relevant to what's going on in the marketplace. Zinc's had a good part, you know, few well year of it, quite frankly. So there's nothing wrong with zinc. Um, but yeah, copper and nickel and silver, much more exciting headlines at the moment. Yeah. Well this new footwall lens, you know, we're seeing we're seeing samples that are, you know, two thousand to several thousand grams per ton silver, right? It might be a meter or less wide, but this is like a, you know, a gold vein that's multi-ounce per ton gold. Classic little skinny little lens, but 
very, very high grade. You know, you're talking several thousand dollars per ton. So it's it's very lucrative. You know, don't let the the, the skinny nature fool you when the grade is there. We won't. We won't. Look, um, thank you so much for your time today. Nice to get that update. Nice to hear how things are evolving uh, there. Sounds like you have some uh, quite a bit of news flow over the next few weeks and months. Stay in touch. Pick up the phone. Be delighted to take your phone call. All right. Thanks, Matt. So just to sum things up of where we are, uh, first off, results are going to be coming in over the next three weeks. And this includes that stringer zone and that high-grade footwall zone that we're very excited about. Uh, second, uh, we're looking at trying to put in a drill program in Manitoba on the high-grade nickel copper. This is a, a what, you know, it's a nickel sulfide. This is the deposit that Musk is looking for, for his battery business. And this is one of the best ones in, in North America. And then we've got the rezoning coming along. So we hope within the next two months, they call this public meeting. So we know when it is, what we're expecting June, July. And that's a huge milestone. And you know, a critical item for really putting the, I think, the company into play. And then lastly, you know, we're, you're going to see more and more news on big silver. Uh, you know, we're unwrapping the box of data. You know, we're going to come up with a design and a drill program in the next two months. We, we're consolidating ground actually around Pickett Mountain and big silver because of the way ground works in Maine. And there'll be news on that as well. So, you know, a very newsworthy, rich next six months and stay tuned. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.